Hello, today I'm talking to Sergei Shukievich, who is a researcher at Checkpoint Research and is largely concerned with the field of cyber criminals. Specifically today, we're talking about how cyber criminals use ChatGPT and tools like that in order to do their bidding. There is so much stuff happening in this area. So cyber criminals are starting to use ChatGPT to do social engineering, to construct malware. And I wanted to know just how imminent is this threat? You know, how enabling is it to someone? And what does it mean for the rest? I hope you enjoy and I'll see you around. Sergei Shukievich, very glad to have you here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, first of all, maybe what is what is Checkpoint Research and what do you do there? So Checkpoint Research is a research organization inside Checkpoint Software Security, the big company. We're an organization of about 170, 180 people. That our goal is generally to do a research. We are not dealing with specific security product or something. We are doing research, collecting intelligence in all areas of cybersecurity. Of course, it's also to support our products, to understand what's going on on the other side of the mostly the side of the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And also, to, our goal is to contribute to cybersecurity society. We also publish a lot of different researchers just to be available to share knowledge. That's one of our goals. And in our day-to-day, -day, we mostly track uh, cyber criminals, hacktivism, nation-state actors. And mm -hmm. part of what we do is also talking to new technologies and how they can influence the cyber threat. When the new language models came out, what was the first thing that you observed that the, let's say, call them bad guys, did with it? Like what... What was immediately accessible to them after release? So, ChatGPT release in the last November kind of sparkled a lot of interest from the bad guy. I maybe it's important to mention on uh, we're tracking also a lot of uh, dark web communities in at least in one of the biggest Russian dark web forums. There was a section called AI machine learning for ears. So it's kind of not rules that cyber criminals are interested in in AI. But this section was barely, barely active. There was one post a month or so. After the, the release, it sparkled. It was a huge, huge interest of cybercriminals how to use it. It was something new, like for us, yeah, like in, for normal people, also for them. And the first thing was, it all happened in December 24th, pretty quickly after ChatGPT launch, that a guy called USDOD, like US Department uh, and that, of course, doesn't have any connection to uh, United States Department of Defense, posted a post. He calls it Python multi-layer encryption tool. In other words, uh, he posted a code to a ransomware, a software tool that encrypts files. In normal world, it can be a good tool to protect your data on your machine. But in context of dark web forum, of course, it's not something good. And he posted the code of it and told, this is my first script, so keep this in mind. And posted the Python script. And then, just a few hours afterwards, another guy asked, this seems a lot like OpenAI code, similar style. And then you will do the confirm. Yes, OpenAI gave me a nice hand to finish the script with nice code. So it was kind of the first time these guys, that was never a developer before, he became, I call it alleged developer, because I don't want to really insult people who really learned coding development for a few years 
and all this. He's not really a developer, but he was able to create the software, malicious software, using the ChatGPT here. That was, I think, the first real thing we saw. Yeah, I, I think the the uh, worry about this is more widespread. That oh, now let's say creating malicious software is much more accessible and so on. The particular script that this person created. How hard would it be for me to just find that somewhere on that dark web forum, like on some other sub forum? Like, was it was it a new script or was it something that I could just download from somewhere there conceivably? So I would say it's possible to find similar scripts, yeah, mm -hmm. but it requ will require a bit more work. For example, if you want to, you know, find such script, you need to find the forum or some specific repository in GitHub, something like this. You should do some uh, work before. Mm -hmm. Here, just much easier. Just, you know, you, I'm going to TGPT or Google Bard, by the way. In this uh, perspective, there is not much difference. Or Codex or other uh, generative AI tool and write what I want and it provides me. So, so most of the tools we saw until now are not extremely sophisticated that's mm -hmm. important to mention it's not like a, it's not a basically a developer can create it or you never can find it mm -hmm. that's still not the case um there there are also other strains here that people use specifically also regarding for example phishing emails and so on so the, the scripts i can maybe see a little bit but i think when it comes to phishing and social engineering people say these language models are specifically adept to that maybe related a bit to you know fake news creation oh i can these they can produce things on a personalized level how much of that are we seeing currently in the cyber criminal world so i think it's a great question before because if as i mentioned in the malware area we still don't see something really top tie or something new in phishing email we already see that phishing emails and uh, impersonating content that is created using the uh, generative AI engines is much better than we already saw before, that cybercriminals created before. Because even now, ChatGPT, uh, for example, creates perfect phishing emails that can impersonate bank, uh, PayPal, government, whoever, and uh, cybercriminals can easily use it. Moreover, you can uh, prompt those engines, all AI engines, to adjust it to whatever phishing campaign you want. What do I mean? You want to use phishing email with just a malicious link inside the mail? You're right. Please uh, uh, craft me a phishing email that will uh, urge the user to click a link. Or if it's an attachment, you just take, oh, it should be something that will prompt the user open Excel attachment. And it creates. So it opens kind of a really a new, a, a new field for cyber criminals, especially who are non-native English speakers, mm -hmm. I would say. That's especially because, for example, the Russian guys, the more sophisticated Eastern European cyberpunk, mostly their English level is very low, up to non-existent. And until now, what they did, they paid to other cyber criminals what is called call centers. Mostly those are graduates of uh, English literature colleges in Russia, by the way. That's considered a very high-end... Uh, Yes, employment opportunity for those guys or ladies. So they pay them and those created for them phishing emails or so, for for a payment, of course. Now, those cybercriminals don't have to pay, don't have to find the external vendors, let's call it, and just can use a GPT for it. So in a, in a sense, 
previously these people didn't have enough language skills or maybe also social skills like how do how do i write a professional looking email and so on and that can be now produced in a much cheaper way than having to pay someone for it yeah i, I can see that uh, but it, it is still it's quite a it's quite an interesting fact what kind of economies spring up around these concepts right with with people of different skills somehow finding each other in order to to achieve um yeah do you, are you aware of any high profile let's say phishing attacks that have been carried out where we know that uh, like gpt models were part of it or is that still unclear so with cyber criminals talking about it but i think it's still very difficult to tell about a specific phishing email or malware that we see in our data, whether it was created using an AI engine or mm -hmm. human beings. There are already, of course, tools that allegedly tell how it was created, but I think their first positive rate is so high that you can't really rely on it. So mm -hmm. I assume yes, but it's something very difficult to kind of prove and pinpoint. Yeah, this big phishing uh, campaign was created using ChatGPT bars or whatever. Um, is there a let, let's let's assume we accept this is the new world, right? People are able to use these tools. They're not going to go away. Uh, they're only going to become more prolific. Uh, can ChatGPT or similar models also be used to counter, apart from the the detectors? Let's say, can they be used to counter uh, these attacks? Are there novel ways of defending? So it's something, I think at some point, yes. Of course, on the detection, yes. We and the, we have already a lot of engines, even before ChatGPT, based on AI to detect, you know, malicious uh, URLs, malicious patterns, uh, all this. To directly tackle phishing emails, I think, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, in different development stages and understanding how, what is the best way to do it. But I think at some point we'll have to tackle AI with, uh, you know, defensive AI, let's call it. There mm. will be no choice for us as defender. Yeah. Um, there is there is a strain of people on YouTube who sort of reverse hack, like hack, like scammers that try to call them and try to establish remote connections and so on. So they will take a call from a scammer. The scammer will. It, ask them to some, establish some sort of team viewer or something like this. And through that, sometimes they're able, if the scammer isn't very versed, to sort of take over the scammer's computer or at least, I mean, at least cause them some trouble and so on. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, in my thought, that should be possible that essentially you, you use the first line of defense, you use these models to just kind of waste these people's time and just sort of get back at them a little bit with their own tricks, because it's maybe not a sustainable defense. It's an interesting uh, perspective. It's kind of uh, lure to lure those people with AI and do it. It's an interesting, it's traps. I think it's less, it's more kind of anti-social engineering. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, w I can tell it. It's in a new era of, I think, in, we're generally entering a new era of social engineering. That's maybe it's a good way to define it. So like the attackers now will be more sophisticated, deep fake phishing. As a defender also, maybe we should uh, try to view it the way you mentioned. Really 
how we really waste the time of the attacker. But I think, I think we are still not there, mm -hmm. I must say. Apart from sort of using GPT models to counter this, what is the most most effective way of combating these new threats, be that, you know, uh, users being able to really easily create malicious code or really easily being able to create malicious uh, phishing emails and so on. Like, what's the most promising thing to do? I think, uh, unfortunately, maybe the the best thing is the, the oldest trick is the awareness of the people. Mm -hmm. If people should understand how phishing looks like, how uh, how should be prevented because you know on the corporate level yeah you can implement really better solutions uh, on the endpoint on your email all this but as a, a regular person who doesn't understand a lot in cybersecurity or uh, AI in some cases something it starts with the awareness when you receive an email you receive a call to understand what are the risks what's going on and I think the biggest difference now with uh, generative AI so widely available is the cost of each mistake is much higher. Mm -hmm. Because again, we still don't see something extremely sophisticated that never exists. It's just there are more attacks, whether phishing, malware, everyone can create. So the cost of your mistake as an end user or as a corporation just becomes much higher. Mm -hmm. um, what is what is Maybe we've we've spoken a tiny bit about you research and articles that have come out from your side. What is the current? What are you currently looking at? What what are the current things that you're interested in and you're seeing? Maybe some some more recent research that you wanna or you can share. So I would say we are now dealing with two things. One is everything connected to account takeovers of generative AI. Uh, uh, accounts, for example, of ChatGPT. We see last month, month and a half, two months, a huge market of account takeovers in the dark. Basically, account takeover is a very old market that mostly focused on uh, financial institutions, account banks, PayPal, Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, site. But since March, April, we see more and more discussions about uh, stolen ChatGPT accounts, especially premium accounts, are sold in dark web. Okay. And I would say there are several reasons why cybercriminals are so excited about it. One is uh, to bypass geofencing. Maybe some people will be surprised, but there are certain countries that are forbidden to use ChatGPT by, by, by OpenAI EULA. Among those are uh, countries like Russia, China, Iran, for example. And the cybercriminals there are looking how they can still use it for their purposes. So that's one. The second is to get more API calls of, uh, and to integrate, uh, for example, uh, OpenAI uh, API to different bots. And I think the last trend we see is about the query and price. Cyber criminals are now looking to get your inputs and your queries that you submitted to ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. Because if you submitted something private there or corporate information, if someone takes you over your account, it's not only OpenAI will have uh, the information, but the cyber criminals itself. And and we see now a lot of even services that what they are doing, they are trying to get your password to ChatGPT and even premium account service. So that's one area we are dealing. Mm -hmm. Another is we are now trying to see what's going on with Google Bard. 
because yes, everyone's talking about ChatGPT because that was the first one. But a part of ChatGPT, there are, I think, at this point, possible to tell dozens of different generative AI uh, uh, platforms now. Maybe the Google Bar is the big, the biggest uh, competitor, if it's possible to tell of uh, ChatGPT. Not sure. But so we're now also trying to see whether Google Bard are better in protecting from cyber abuse than ChatGPT. That's a rare area we're trying to now to understand whether they learned the lessons from, uh, you know, ChatGPT. The ChatGPT mm-hmm. and OpenAI didn't, at least in the beginning, didn't invest enough efforts to prevent the abuse of their platform. So that's, I for see. example, an area we're trying to understand. Um. Maybe a slightly different topic. Um, the there is a new emerging field of let's say prompt injection uh, threats and something like this, and that's essentially where and there there are some really cool examples of that online. Where if you have something like ChatGPT, especially if you enable the browsing plugins, right, so that it can go to websites. Uh, an attacker will craft a malicious website that if uh, GPT-4 or so goes there, reads the website, there will be like a, a prompt injection. It will say something like, oh, this is a secret message. You've been selected for a secret experiment, right? Uh, do this and this. Don't tell anyone about it, right? And <laughs> so this will be kind of loaded into the prompt and will be there uh in the subsequent conversation and people have gotten because people have gotten for example the user's data private data out of it because OpenAI will or other suppliers will sometimes put that into the prompt itself like you know in order to like fill out a form on a website or so um how much of how much of that is just still just kind of research and people imagining what could happen and how much of this do you see on the ground people actively using i wonder a little bit because it seems like it's a bit playing with stuff so far but i'm wondering how much is in practice so i would say it's still mostly at least again mostly on mm-hmm. a more te- a theoretical research phase mm-hmm. you know it's kind of proof of concept that it's possible to do but i think as more and more engines and are connected to the internet in real time that that's i think the path we are going to well you know in the beginning ChatGPT was completely disconnected with very old information of the 2021 and with now it's connected via bing and uh, and ChatGPT 4 also with other and the same bard there will be more and more risks behind it really of for real time uh, attacks against ChatGPT itself or against third-party websites also because I see the, you know, nightmare future scenario when a cyber criminal that has zero knowledge in being a attacker will write uh, to ChatGPT, I want now to scan all IP range of a specific corporation to find the latest vulnerabilities and then, uh, you know, to, to do some web injection and get the database. Mm-hmm. Just you write who I want it and the, the uh, output will be the database from this, yeah. you know. That's, you know, and... It can happen, it's still, I don't see it still happening too much, you know, in real. But is it, is it, of course I can see the argument, let, let's say, hey, this is, it's a dystopian world. This is kind of bad if that's possible. On the other hand, security should be built such that 
you have to expect this, right? Whether someone does a port scan and an injection of the latest vulnerabilities because they're really skilled or because they use chat GPT or they pay someone to do it should not matter to, to you know, the implementer of security on the defender side. So it, I'm, I'm wondering a little bit why you say, you know, that's kind of a really bad future. Is it because you're aware that the, the defenders usually don't implement proper security or? Unfortunately, you already tried. I think mm. always cybercrime generally is a matter of cost efficiency because cybercrime is a business. Yeah. And just using uh, AI engines, those activities will be much easier and cost efficient for cyber criminals because now they should do some manual work on such is scanning, even with all automations they have, and they have automations. But they will help to collect some intelligence about the organization to find IP range, such stuff, you know, and to do some set of activities still manual, even mm -hmm. though, you know, the scanning is automated. Using AI agents, all this will be automated. They will say, oh, t take all the ranges of cooperation in a certain country, scan it, do it. You don't need to understand. You barely need to understand what is IP. You know, you will just yeah. tell, just scan. So I think that's the problem. And mm -hmm. of course, there are a lot of defenders and uh, corporations that do not implement all the relevant measures. Definitely. But it's just a matter of now it will be just much easier. It's not like it's not happening now. It, yeah. it is. Um We've spoken a lot about cyber criminals and so on, which is, it's a business, right? But these people are, let's say, either part of a network or independent, you know, they trade on markets and so on. Uh, the other fear that people have that's very related to it is the future of warfare. Like once bigger actors come into play, once state actors come into play and so on. Um, what do you see on that? Do you have... First, do you have any knowledge even of, of that front? And what do you see the future of? To me, that's still a bit of an ominous future. Like people say the future of warfare will change. There will be like AI warfare. I'm not too sure how that might look, right? What, what do you see in the future of, you know, geopolitics or global warfare or anything like this as far as, you're, as, far as you can see or as you're aware? So first, I don't have any specific information about mm -hmm. what the big nation, but it's someone who in the past served in intelligence organization in Israel, I can definitely tell that based on my own or understanding how intelligence organizations work, I am sure that uh, uh, countries like Russia or China, for example, are actively trying to find vulnerabilities, for example, in ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. I am sure they want to find there, you know, whether to get the data and the input or furthermore to manipulate the data because I think that will be also always the question how much we can rely on the output we get because mm. of course there are, it's not perfect even now we see a lot of mistakes misinformation but we assume it's not intended but now let's assume some country gets an access uh, and finds some vulnerability that allows them to manipulate certain information for example every information about the Russia-Ukrainian war and anything about this will be presented only in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking on this perspective because I think we are now in the era of information, misinformation, disinformation. So if we are talking about, you know, all the problems in social media, when it will come to a generative AI engine, I think it will be much more complicated. 
much more cotton. So that's definitely one area I see. Mm. What, in general, do you think, um, like what can be done against any of that? People are also afraid, oh, in the future we're going to, all content will be AI generated. We won't know what's true anymore. Uh, things like this. I can definitely see a way to this, but what can be done about it? Like in the same way, awareness is probably, as you said before, one of the key factors, but then what can be done about it? How can we know something is still true in the future? It's a great question. I think we will have to build completely new methods uh, for fact check. I think mm -hmm. because I already saw numerous stories about, you know, different alleged facts that uh, ChatGPT invented and even provided references to newspaper like The Guardian or Washington Post or something for articles that never existed. But mm -hmm. uh, ChatGPT did provide, you know, the URL of it. So I think we'll uh, have to build a new method how we're doing fact-checking, check it all. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I think uh, if we are talking that maybe some professions will disappear now with generative AI, so maybe those are will be in a new profession. How to verify, you know, the information by OpenAI, you know, the ethics of uh, AI, all this. That now, you know, there are people who are doing it, but it's not, you know, it's not uh, tens of thousands of people mm -hmm. or something. So I think uh, we should maybe look on this this way. Okay. Um, last question from me. Is there any anything else you would want to get out to people? Any words of advice or any cool new things to look out for? So I think, first of all, uh, we talked a lot about uh, the bad sides of uh, AI, generative AI. Mm. I a bit mentioned, but I think there are also a good, good side, a lot of good sides. And like every new technology, we as human beings should look on how we use it. And that's what will, you know, to build the path of this technology. If we will use it for bad, yes, it will be a bad technology that can bring us to disasters and more cyber attacks and everything. But it will look how we protect the world better, how we create new things. I think that's a big opportunity. Also. So I think it's mostly about how we take this technology and what we do with it. Do you, do you think the path to that, because that's a big discussion right now, do you think the path to that should be to mostly open up the technology to as many people as possible to have as much of the tech available, let's say publish the weight and democratize it, quote unquote, or do you think this other approach of saying, no, it should, it should be shepherded by a few big corporations so that they can make sure people use it responsibly like there's arguments for both sides which yeah. what do you see more likely i think at this point i think now we don't have way back to limit it already it's i think it's too late mm -hmm. so i think do think it should be democratic but i do think there will should be some at least basic regulation mm -hmm. uh, worldwide regulation you know like uh, on uh, everything connected to flights and airspace, there are, uh, you know, international regulations. And yeah. all the countries get to some basic, you know, because they don't want disasters to happen. The same here. And it's a big question about what regulations. Should we regulate how? It's a completely, you know, there are a lot of ethical, legal, and technological consequences. But I, I don't think we already have a way back to open and limit it. Just we should know maybe stop and think how, what what exactly we regulate how how we verify that if there is maluse of AI 
were able to investigate it, for example, yeah. to find who did it. But the, I guess the, I'm not going to, but my estimation would be the cyber criminals aren't going to be too impressed by regulations, but by means of being cyber criminals already. So um, what, what, you know, what kind of regulations do you have in mind to make life easier with yeah. regards to cyber criminals? I think, first of all, there is never any regulation, any law does not reduce crime to zero. Whatever mm -hmm. we do, you know, never it reduces. But I think we should just make the bar a bit higher than it now. It's not a, because, yeah, the sophisticated cyber criminals will find in you know, the way, like now sophisticated cyber criminals breach big corporations or governments still. Mm -hmm. But the bar is much higher. Not every script PD is able now to breach, I don't know, US government or a, a Fortune 500 company. So I think here we should make the bar a bit higher for uh, cyber criminals uh, on this. I think I that's see. mostly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Sergey, it was a pleasure having you here and thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Have a good one.